Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson. Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and I'm delighted to have back. It's been quite a while. Uh, our good friend Richard Manning's back with us today. He's the president of Americans for Limited Government and the co-author of uh, Necessary Noise. And by the way, GetLiberty.org is the website, GetLiberty.org. And let me encourage you to go there and check it out because they have a lot of uh, resources there. Richard, good to see you, friend. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Um, yes. Long time. Wow. I've missed it's been a while, and uh, I uh, I have to get my control guys in here. I, I need that up some more, guys. I need that volume up some more in here. Sorry about that. Got a little technical thing going on. Good to That's see okay. you. Um, Having technical well, things. Well, where do we start with all this? How do, would you explain the um, recent indictment threats on former President Trump? Um, it's an attempt to disqualify him for the 2024 ballot and nothing more, nothing less. I don't think there's when you get down to it and you, you know, the charges that have been pushed out there so far have been, um, I, I don't think, have any bearing whatsoever on on legality. Um, the ones that are being threatened now, the single most important thing about them is um, it allows them to get the court, get a trial in D.C., um, they desperately need to get out of Florida because they because quite honestly the garbage they're pulling wouldn't, wouldn't go over uh, with a Florida jury. But um, you get in a D.C. jury where ninety four percent of the people voted against Donald Trump and and the six percent who are Republicans uh, voted for somebody else in the primary. So he's got very little uh, institutional support and unfortunately. Um, you might say, well, gee, this is a court. It's the law that matters. But um, what we're finding with a lot of these prosecutions, these political prosecutions, that the the law is determined by what your party registration is in many cases, and uh, cases that would never be brought against uh, one set of people are being brought against Trump and his his allies. So, you know, they want to get the prosecution into D.C. They want to get it get they're going to lose the one in Florida. They need one in D.C. where they have a chance to win because they'll control the jury pool. Um, that's cynical, but you that's the real answer. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, I guess the um, couple things. First of all, there's been recommendations that he doesn't respond to the letter. Do you agree with that? Um. I don't think he should give them any technical reason to find him guilty on a on a paperwork violation. Um, I don't. And so from my perspective, he fought, you know, he should be um, very cooperative to the uh, meet the letter of the law, no more than the letter of the law, but meet the letter of the law, because they don't really care what they convict him on. They, you know, this is like the entire Mueller investigation wasn't about whether or not there was Russia collusion. They knew there wasn't Russia collusion before it ever started. The Mueller investigation was about trying to get get obstruction of justice against Trump. And that's what it was. It was all it was basically a, a big setup to try to see if they could get him to obstruct justice. And they weren't able to accomplish that. So, you know, that's what they're doing here. This is not about um, the primary charges. Um, the old saying that the, the left loves, which is, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. 
Well, that saying is is really a cover up for we don't care if you're if you're innocent or guilty of doing anything, but if you don't if you don't act exactly as we want you to act and follow technically follow the letter of the law every step of the way, we will convict you of something. So he needs to he needs to follow the letter of the law in my estimation. Um, this one is dealing with insurrection. Uh, the yeah. violation of the Insurrection Act is that if if he doesn't test if he doesn't go before the grand jury he forfeits that the grand jury would go ahead and makes the conclusion that recommends an indictment is he immediately arrested because it's insurrection? Um, you know, it's similar to New York City where he would have to go up and uh, they could either you know bust down doors wherever he happens to be at or they could or it could you know schedule a time for for the arraignment and do it the way uh, the way it typically would be done. Um, I don't I don't you know yeah, once he's once there's a grand jury indictment, um, they have you know they enforce the indictment. And that's a uh, and that's that means arrest. The left would love a perp walk. What they typically would do is what happened up in New York City, as I said, where he goes in with his lawyers. You know, they sit they they sit in front of a judge and they take care of the the basic kind of paperwork piece of it, where you plead not guilty and all that. Yeah. So the normal a normal circumstance, uh, you would expect the to to be treated the way it's treated in New York City. Um, the way this prosecutor is proceeding, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't give CNN their um, uh, their five their five viewers the uh, uh, some joyride of seeing Donald Trump perp walked. Um, the fact is, prosecutor makes it up. They decide whatever they want to do. That's yeah. So I, I guess what I'm hearing you say, they get him. Well, I, I think that. This prosecutor will be able to prosecute, will be able to indict him um, on something. It doesn't mean that he's guilty. In fact, it, it, since, you know, with all the investigations that gone on, I think we pretty much know he's not guilty. But the but that doesn't get in the way of somebody finding a way to stretch the law to, to actually take it to a trial. Um, you know, once again, he's got a, a grand jury in Washington, D.C., uh, that means you've got a grand jury that didn't vote for Donald Trump. Probably none of them voted for Donald Trump. And and in Washington D.C., when you say drain the swamp, you're attacking the home team. So it's a so no, it's a it's going to be a it's a hard road to go for uh, uh, the President Trump in a D, with a D.C. jury, um, and that's why they're so desperate to get the um, to get a charge that's in D.C. so they can put him in have him in court in Washington D.C. I, I mean, I hate this, Perry. Let me let me just be clear. I hate this. We should have equal justice under the law. The way we were taught it's supposed to work with a blind lady justice should exist. Right. But I can no longer I can no longer pretend that in this particular case where where with what we've seen happen over the last four or five years, and conversely what we've seen happen with the incumbent president uh, in terms of his um, obvious uh, set of uh, legal problems that have been ignored. I can't pretend that this that in this particular instance that the system hasn't completely gone off the rails. Scary, absolutely scary. Um, is this, in another sense, election interference? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's election interference. It's it's every bit as much election interference as when the FBI decided that they were going to tell everybody that the Hunter Biden laptop wasn't uh, real. It was Russia was a, a Russian plot when they knew it was real. When they were saying that, they they didn't want the information coming out. They held it for a full year, um, and when it did go out, come out, they they deliberately submarined anybody re- actually reporting on it. So that was election interference by the FBI, and it's election interference by the FBI and the Department of Justice to engage in this set of prosecutions, because it's designed, the very design of it is, is to try to find an excuse to keep Donald Trump off the ballot. That is what they are attempting to do. They're no, just make no bones about it. And it's a, and as a result, um, it's the ultimate political prosecution and it is the ultimate election interference. And the irony is, uh, I believe Donald Trump has a better chance of winning now than before they embarked on this, because the people who support Donald Trump um, are going to be more resolute and more determined that they're going to throw this ba- this pack of thieves out. And it's a, you know, and I use that term euphemistically. I don't know that any of the people at DOJ have actually stolen anything um, besides the honor of DOJ. But okay, so, okay, l- let me bring another piece of the uh, puzzle sure. in here and then we can talk about it. As you know, today, the whistleblowers are going to be going before the, uh, right. uh, the oversight committee and, and giving their testimony. And a lot of people think, well, this current indictment is a cover-up for that and all this and that. But at the end of the day, Richard, what the DOJ and the FBI are allowing to happen to former President Trump and what the DOJ and the FBI uh, may be accused of inside these hearings, nothing can come of it from how I see it. How do you get the DOJ and the FBI to indict themselves? Well, that's the that's the interesting problem, isn't it? Um, Congress has the ability to um, uh, to actually impeach Merrick Garland, the Attorney General. Um, they do have that power. They have the power to uh, tell the FBI we're cutting your budget. They have the the power to tell the FBI um, we're going to cut individual FBI agents' salaries. Who are who are above the below the Senate confirmation level? Once you've been confirmed, you're outside of this. But they could take the uh, the people who have been abusing the whistle the, the FBI whistleblowers, um, and base and they know the names, and they can insert their names into into a budget into the appropriations bill and say this person shall receive no salary from the federal government um, in this fiscal year. And starting October 1 of 2024, if that were to pass, those people would be getting zero dollars. You can't fire them with the Civil Service Act, but Congress can defund their salaries. And so they can do that. So there's some things they can do if they want to play hardball, and I would suggest that they do. In terms of uh, the Biden investigation, you know, the fact of the matter is, this is we're going to get to the bottom of what's going on. Um, I believe that there's that the American public will sit there and say at some point in this process that we we now have positive proof that he has in fact taken a lot of money um, from foreign agents and is uh, and is compromised and as that and as that occurs as more and more people become aware of what's going on with the case 
And as it becomes more and more aware, they become more and more aware that the uh, that the Department of Justice and FBI have been uh, and the Secret Service now have been running a, a protection team for the Bidens. Um, yeah, I think that they'll have to let him go. I think he'll he'll end up finding his uh, told that you know your services are no longer welcome, and he'll resign or will be he won't end up being convicted in impeachment. But I think he will end up not serving out his term. I, th- I think they'll they'll find a way to have him no longer be in office and replace and sweep uh, broom sweeps clean. Kamala Harris would be the president, but. She's not going to be the president. She's not going to be the candidate in 2025. And they just have to clear the field. And the way to clear the field is to um, is to let people know what Biden's been up to, and then to tell him he's untenable, or to use the 25th Amendment, where they can, where the cabinet can say he's no longer he's no longer capable of doing the job, and hence he's being removed from office and being replaced by the vice president. Those are the couple of the options that they have. I, you know, Biden isn't going to want to quit by himself, but I think they're going to find themselves politically in a position where they have no choice. One other question before I take a break. Do you think the American people are, are on to all this now? Do you think they're seeing through all this stuff? You know, I, I, I think a significant number of, of the American people are seeing through it. Um, although I, I, there was a focus group of uh, Democrat voters, of Biden voters, and they were asked, do you think he's cognitively impaired? And only two of them would say that they thought he was cognitively impaired um, and had gotten worse since the beginning of the administration until now. Um, so I don't know those people. I don't know where they found them, but they look like normal sentient people. So, you know, I think it's very possible that 40, 40 to 45 percent of the people are sitting there relatively willing to just go along to get along and don't see any threat and continue to have Joe Biden be president. Let me take a quick break. Uh, Delighted to have back with us today Richard Manning, president of the Americans for Limited Government. He's also the co-author of Necessary Noise. You may want to check that out. And certainly go to his website, support what they do, getliberty.org, getliberty.org. We'll be right back. We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview, plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on the Dove's daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today. Three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. And again, honored to have back with us uh, Richard Manning. He's the president of the Americans for Limited Government, co-author of a great book called Necessary Noise. You may want to check that out and certainly check out his website, getliberty.org. Very resourceful and support them. Again, Richard, good to see you again. Thanks for your time. Um, Boy, so much here. Um, I know there isn't, and I, I'm not a Debbie Downer. I, there's actually some really positive stuff too, but uh, I'd say uh, this was the first segment was like, Ooh, but understand, folks. Understand. I want you. I want people to hear this. It's really important. God's in control. Yep. God's got a plan. Yes. I don't get clued in as to what that plan is. I just get to deal, and you and I just get to deal with whatever's thrown our way. Yeah. But I, I just please understand. God's in control. He's got a plan. God is good. 
and he and it's our job to follow to do what we're supposed to do and meeting the mission that he set out for each of us individually and i pray that uh, maintaining our country is in his will but it, and so you guys know you know one of the things that drives me is that you know i'm pretty convinced that this is what god's will is for my life is to fight this fight for freedom in america and it is a and i, I look at it as a high calling so when you so when you hear uh, things that seem like you're almost uh, insurmountable i just want you to understand you know think of gideon I mean, you know, God didn't sit there and say, hey, I'm going to give it 10 times as many troops as the other guys, and we're going to overwhelm them. No, he narrowed them down to about 300 peas, according to the VeggieTales. And he ended up with the, uh, and, and then he overcame, and they overcame their enemy. That's, you know, that's how God works. God works in a way where it doesn't look like it's possible to win, so he can show who's really doing the winning. Right, and right. that's a. And just remember that as we're talking about this, that there's no reason to not have hope, but you have to be aware of what's going on in order to understand the the, the miracles that He does provide, and I pray will provide. Yes, thank you. I, I I know your heart on this, and thank you because I think there's a time in our struggle here for informing, and educating, and anger, and yet brokenness. I yeah. I find myself angry and I find myself broken, you know, before God. I I don't want to be the, I don't want the America to be the children of Israel lost in the desert for forty years. Um, we're clearly in the desert right now, but do we need to go around this mountain again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I guess until he moves it. Until he moves it, then we're uh, we're kind of you know, yeah. uh, you know, Jer you know, we know that uh, Joshua got to march around Jericho seven times for yeah. seven days, and then the seventh day he marched around the seventh time, and all the walls fell. So it's a uh, we don't get to tell God what's what his timing is. We just have to be right. uh, patient in his will. But but the good news. Let me give some good news. And I know you've got questions you want to ask, but let me give you one piece of really good news. I'm really hopeful about this. Good. Some of the things that the courts have been doing have been spectacular. They've been reopening opportunities for liberty that haven't been there for years. And, and most people think about the Dobbs decision, which I'm sure you guys just discussed a lot. So I'm going to talk about a couple of other things. Sure. Um, one of the biggest problems Americans for Limited Government has is that government's ever-growing. It's like this monolith. monolith is, it's like lava that just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And it seems almost impossible to stand against it. And the reason it was hard to stand against it is because the, the bureaucrats were given free reign to write regulations that ever-expanded government. And the Supreme Court now has said, has basically twice now, has said you can't do that. And in the last two years, they've and they reaffirmed it this year as well in another decision. They so they're saying that to the bureaucrats, no, if if you can't go beyond what the written letter of the law is, and that means that regulations that aren't tied to the law are can be defeated, can be knocked out in court, and Congress can say we don't believe these regulations are within the law, and they can refuse to fund them. And so there's so there's a real avenue to really roll back the size and scope of government and the ever encroaching government. There there is a tremendous avenue to do that. And the more the the evil and I'm 
bureaucrats aren't evil. Uh, the more the evil of some of the things we're seeing around the country, infesting our library systems and the like, the more that evil becomes apparent, is emboldened to show its face, the more aware people are that it exists and they cannot hide anymore, that evil is not running rampant. They cannot run from that fact, and, they ha and so people have to confront it. And that is good news. Okay, to that point, I got a couple for you. Uh, sure. The Supreme Court clearly said to President Biden, no, you can't forgive student loans. And he goes, oh, yeah, now watch this. He's doing it anyway. What are we supposed to do with this? Well, he's using a different law, for one thing. Um, and there is, some, there is some argument that in terms of uh, the collection of loans, that, that, is an ex that that's part of the executive branch, and they can make decisions related to the collection of loans um, that are different than forgiving the loans. And, and I haven't looked specifically at what he's trying to do. Uh, there's so much stuff going on that I figured I'd get to that over the weekend. But it's a, but yeah, we're gonna have a fight over it. Um, it's frustrating when they keep doing the same thing and they don't follow the rules. But here's the thing, all those people with student loans out there um, are sitting there saying, well, maybe, maybe I need to, when the, they start collecting them again, Maybe I need to pay for them. Maybe I need to rearrange my finances so I can pay for them. Because this idea that there's going to be a get-out-of-jail-free card on a loan that you took out in good faith, presumably in good faith, that you're going to pay back, um, you know, if you've got a student loan and you've got to rearrange your finances for, to pay for it when in time comes due, well, I suggest you start re rearranging your finances because there will be student loan repayments. Um, you know, okay. it's astonishing to me yeah. that a president of the United States can sit there and say, with a stroke of a pen, I can effectively um, take off take off revenues from our budget that are the equivalent of a mid-sized cabinet-level department. And that's what he's attempting to do with us. Okay, so we'll see if he's challenged on that again. Oh, he'll be challenged. Trust me, he'll be challenged. And, and I think there'll be a, a response in Congress where they will say, in the probably in the— Next, next time we do a massive budget bill, um, spending bill, which will be at the end of the year, um, they will have a specific prohibition on him uh, proceeding that will be um, that will likely pass the House. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with the Senate and uh, the White House. This sounds. Uh, I, I, I'm like you. I don't like talking about a lot of this stuff, but it is out there. We got to we got to right. take a look at it. Can you believe? In the most secured building in the world, cocaine shows up, and they say there's no there there. I mean, that that one is unbelievable to me. And the other part of that that's so amazing to me, you would think the president himself would come screaming out of the door and say, "Find out who did this." Yeah, it's, it's crickets. Well, you know, yes, it is crickets. And um, here's what we know. and they, somebody at the Secret Service has now said that there's a. This is the second incident that's occurred during the Biden administration where they found uh, drugs of some sort um, in play in some place just left around. Let me just tell you what the danger here is, Perry. And I'm mad about this, not because somebody there is taking drugs. OK, I it's a real world that happens. Um, I'm mad because the Secret Service's job is to keep the White House secure. That's the reason they exist there. And if you're going to allow uh, baggies with white powder in them to be able to get through unsecure, undetected through the vault, multiple 
I've been in there a lot of times. You have a you have a big magnetometer. You have to stick all your stuff through. It's much more invasive than the uh, than the airport. You have you, you go by a drug a, a bomb sniffing dog uh, to see if there's any explosives on you or anything like that. So you have to be sniffed. Well, the dog's behind a little barrier, but um, but they you got a dog there whose job is to make certain that no explosives get inside. You have then you have multiple other checkpoints that you have to go through in terms of and there's secret service everywhere. And somehow somebody got into the West Wing of the White House, which is not easy to do. Right. Um, got into the West Wing of the White House and stashed some drugs. And the fact the Secret Service gave us four different answers to where the drugs were initially found tells you. They never were serious about talking about it. It was a cover-up from day day one. But the fact that they sit there and they came out and said, well, we don't have any way of knowing who did it, is, is an indictment of the entire system. And if I had any belief they were telling the truth, I would tear down, I'd say we have to re tear down the entire security system for the White House. Because no matter who's president, if you had anthrax in that stupid bag, as opposed to cocaine, everybody in the White House would have been dead. Everybody who went to the White House would have been dead. We would have had a pandemic going on, going through this country that made COVID look like a, like a day in the park. Okay. That's, and yet they want us to believe that they can't, that it got there, A, and didn't get there through some unsecure system. It just sort of showed up. And it could be any one of 500 people, and they just don't have the time to go figure it out. Well, they better figure out how it got there. I mean, that's to me the the point here. I don't really care. I mean, I, I feel compassion that the president has a son who's a drug addict. A lot of people out there have sons and daughters who are perhaps themselves have been afflicted by drug addiction. It's a scourge of our country. I feel compassion to anybody who has uh, who's trying to help a, a child through that. Or a, or a loved one through that, feel tremendous compassion. So I'm less concerned about whether or not the president's son brought drugs in the White House or not, um, which is what a lot of people want to do as a meme. I am concerned that drugs got in the White House and the Secret Service apparently has no idea how and no idea who, which means anybody can get drugs into the White House at any time or anything into the White House. And that is a threat to the life of the president, the life of anybody who's there, the entire staff, to the family, and that's it's such a dereliction of duty to be almost unbelievable. So that's what I'm upset about. It also uh, it secure also, the White House. It also appears, Richard, that uh, I, I just like you, I, f I am frustrated and can't believe that this somehow isn't being followed through. So there's pressure somewhere else. There's intimidation yeah. somewhere else. Like look the other way, shut up, get rid of this. Um, well, yeah, that's that's correct. It's uh, yeah. it's clear that the, the the Oval Office is not overly concerned about this because if the president were had the secret had the Secret Service in to his office in a very public meeting and with cameras and said, "You will find out how this got here, and we will fix this." And whoever brought it brought it into the White House. I want them. I want them arrested. I want them tried in the District of Columbia for, pos for possession of whatever it is. 
And he could make that case. He could make it. He could make it very strongly and very publicly, and put the Secret Service on the spot. At which point they'd have to. They said there's 500 people who could have done it. Well, that's 500 lie detector tests that you just put on the budget, and you go around and you do 500 lie detector tests, and you find out who's lying, and yeah. you basically you take care of it. All right, one last question. I got about a minute sure. here, uh, and that is: uh, Am I hearing you say you don't think uh, the President, the current President Biden will end up finishing his term for various reasons. And you also think that it's possible Trump gets knocked out. <laughs> right? I don't think Trump's going to, I don't, Trump, what they're trying to, just because they want to knock him off the ballot doesn't mean they can. Um, the tactics they're using don't work. There's a constitution that's very clear on what can, what, who's eligible to be president. And Trump would be eligible no matter what happens with these court cases. So, because the constitution's simple. Now he could be impeached afterwards, but people get to vote who they want to vote in. That's A. B, um, do I, yeah, I'm in a very small minority of opinion on this, but I don't believe that Joe Biden can, um, uh, can hold up. And I believe that the problems that the media is starting to let get out, and we're seeing to see USA Today and others reporting on some of these uh, money problems he has um, in terms of the you know, laundering money and the like. The fact that the mainstream media is beginning to report on it tells me that, Trump, that Biden's in trouble. It tells me the people who've been protecting him have decided they need to stop protecting him, and they, may, and they need to make a case to replace him. Okay. And whether they replace him based on uh, his you know, physical inability to do the job or because he's corrupt, I don't think they care. What they do, what they do want is they want to be able to blame the Republicans for replacing him to the, uh, um, to the de Democrat loyalists who will be somewhat disheartened if he gets replaced. But that, I don't, I'm in a very small minority opinion on this, but I don't see how they go through with Joe Biden being their candidate through 2024, given his relative inability to function as a political operative. Thank you, Richard. Good to see you. God bless your friend. Keep up the good work and uh, look forward to more connections. And uh, thanks for what you do. Let me say to our viewers and listeners, please check out his website, getliberty.org. Very resourceful. And check out his book called uh, Necessary Noise. It's a great read. Thank you, brother. God bless. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Perry. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at thedove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.